Welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. My name is Lisa Wilkerson, and I am the host of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me um, for another episode. I'm very excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things. I feel like this is one of the true gifts in comedy that Japan has given the world. English. It's the best. Such the best. <laughs> I use the English phrase. Um, of course, you have the website. I believe it's English.com that is dedicated to all the crazy um, signage and instructions that you see in all kinds of Asian countries, not just Japan, but, um, you know, or even the funny spellings that you'll see. And English is something that when you grow up in Japan, you kind of get immune to, I feel like, because it's all around. So you really just autocorrect yourself and then just move on, right? It's only when you have someone that comes from the outside, like a friend or family or, you know, a work-related uh, colleague or something like that, and then they notice it and then they react and then... It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's kind of weird. At least for me, that's how it was. Um, I didn't really, you know, think about English very much. I didn't really notice it very much until I started working with J-Wave. And so it was kind of, you know, it, it was it was really other people reacting that got me going. And then that's when I started to notice all the weird and funny and crazy um like once more, signage, uh, instruction manuals, menus, shop names, uh, clothing brands, you name it, it's out there, right? So I think probably one of my first real memories of English is when I was working at J-Wave, we were getting ready to have our first year anniversary. And we were picking up um, or I was going to the airport with the programming, the head of programming in J-Wave. Um, we were going to pick up uh, guests from all over the world because we were having this big to-do. And of course, this is during the bubble economy. So money was being thrown around left and right, not just at J-Wave, but, uh, you know, companies in Japan in general um, and advertising agencies in general. Um, they call this period of time in Japan the bubbly economy, right? And so I was going to uh, Narita to pick up one of her guests from Paris and I went with Imura-san. He was my boss. And of course, we got there early because that's what the Japanese do. When it comes to business, they are punctual. And punctual means if you get there five minutes before the scheduled time, you're late, right? So we were there, I think, like an hour and a half or two hours early or something. And because we were early, we decided to go and sit down at a restaurant and have lunch. I'm looking through the menu, and then I see it says spaghetti meat, M E E T sauce, right? And I just burst out laughing. I thought that was so funny. And then Imanasan was like, what are you laughing at? You know, and then I had to, and I was like, oh, it's hilarious. You know, they have the spelling for meat spelled wrong. You know, it's 
spelled wrong. And so it's basically saying, hi, spaghetti. My name is sauce. Hi, sauce. My name is spaghetti. I'm trying to like, you know, using my hands. I'm trying to like explain to him. And he's looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're kind of crazy. And then it stopped at that. So there was that first experience. Um, Another one that I really... I tell all the time, and this is when I go to anime conventions and whatnot, I do my panels, you know, like Destination Tokyo or my panel that I do called Adventures of a Blind Geisha, Um, you know, same as the podcast. But when I do these panels, I talk a lot about this certain episode where I used to do a lot of extra work for one of the big TV networks, Fuji TV. And there was a show on, I believe it was Saturday nights, and it was hosted by a comedy duo, Tonnerisu. Um, and the show was called Minasan no Kagedes, which kind of loosely is translated to it's because of everyone. Um, you know, is the and, and anyway, it was like an SNL kind of show, like a lot of Scott skit comedy going on. And so we would be hired as extras for the various skits that they were doing. And it became one of those things where we would go to Fuji TV for this show, sometimes almost every week. Right. So we all kind of knew each other. Sometimes they would want like a hundred people. Sometimes they'd only want like 12 or, you know, three, or, I mean, it was just very different every, every week. And some of us spoke Japanese and some of us didn't. So usually if there were people that didn't speak Japanese, we would kind of split up and, you know, go around and help everyone to understand what the director or the producer is saying or the talent saying and what we needed to do in the scene. Right. So, um, yeah. And it was, you know, pretty simple. It was a lot of fun. We had so much good times, uh, doing that show. But I remember one time we had to do an audience scene and they hired, I think, about 50, I don't know, 50 or 75 of us. So it was a really big group. And when we finally got to the stage, we were sitting down like an audience, right, for like a concert kind of thing or something. So we were all sitting down. And then the two guys from Tonerizu were up on this makeshift stage. They were talking to the producer, kind of going over what they were going to do on the stage. Um, Meanwhile, this guy comes over and he has like this megaphone and he uh, says, hi, everybody. My name is Hiroshi. I am translator for today. Right. Um, and so we're all thinking, OK, cool. So we don't have to do any of the interpreting. That's great. And then he said, today, director wants you to crap. And we're like, ah, what did he just say? We all kind of look at each other, right? But we're like, oh, nope, cannot laugh. That would be so rude. So we just kind of hold it in. He's like, so, so when we cue, you crap. And um, so, you know, we still stayed calm and we did the scene, right? And then um, he comes back on the megaphone. He's like, so crap better. We need you to crap hard, hard, hard. One, two, three, crap. Together, crap, hard, crap. And it just, I still laugh just thinking about it, but 
there was one person, of course, in the audience that just couldn't take it anymore and just broke, right? And went, and then that led to everyone else, you know, it was a domino effect. And so (laughs) I was, I remember myself, I was laughing so hard. I was crying. Meanwhile, poor Hiroshi, of course, who has this megaphone and he's just like, I know my English, not good. Please, please, please. I know. (laughs) And probably to this day, he's uh, emotionally traumatized from that episode, I would imagine. Um, I felt bad for him, but you know, I mean, it was, oh, it was, it was funny. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that would be my first, uh, you know, my favorite story. I think that I'd like to tell. But one of the things I did when I was still in Japan and I was working for a network called Wow Wow, um, they host or actually they have the rights to the Grammys and the Academy Awards broadcasts. So every year, you know, January was a really busy time for them because they would have, and how it works in Japan, just in case you're interested, is first of all, you do have, like they would have the live broadcast, right? So it's always on Sunday here, Sunday night, which would be Monday morning in Japan. So they would have the live broadcasts going on. And in the studio in Japan, they would have the two hosts that would, you know, talk in Japanese about what's going on and about, oh, this guest or this, you know, if it was a, say, the Grammys, right? Oh, this person recently did this and this and this. So they would kind of give like a little commentary insight into the people that were showing up on the U.S. broadcast, right? And there would usually be maybe one or two um, big time names in, if it's Grammys, it would be music, Academy Awards, obviously it'd be like acting, you know, like some very big Japanese actors, actresses who would come and who would, who would also talk about the, um, ceremony as it's going along. Um, so while this is going on live, Wow Wow also has a team of simultaneous interpreters, because obviously it's live, so they have to do that as it comes, right? Which is extremely, extremely difficult to do. Um, but there's also, as this is going on, they're also taping the Academy Awards and the Grammys, and they're taping it in, and then they're cutting it up into segments and giving it to what they call a subtitle team. Um, and those people would be, you know, furiously like writing everything that is being said in English into Japanese for the subtitle version of the ceremonies, which would always happen Monday night. So extremely quick and very brutal turnover because you're doing this huge show and, you know, it was a production. I mean, it was really wonderful to be a part of it, um, which I was for quite a few years. They hired me to be the quote unquote pop culture consultant for the Grammys and Academy Awards. I think I even did the MTV Music Video Awards at one point too. But um, basically, I was there to help with any 
lost in translation moments that were going on. And so, you know, you only, when working in subtitles, is an extremely difficult thing because you only have a certain amount of space that you can work with, right? Um, and yet you have to try to convey the same message, the same feeling that's being said by whoever's talking. Um, sometimes we were okay with doing a literal translation. It worked great. Other times not, you know, because there was no way that we were going to say what that person was saying in English in Japanese and making it work. Like it just, there was, sometimes there was just a misconnect, um, misconnect, a disconnect. Um, I'm starting my own English, can't you see? But uh, so I remember there was this one time too, where in, in our subtitle team, and of course, you know, here's another interesting thing about subtitles, you know, and this really goes into translating and interpreting too. Uh, depending on that person's personality, they will have various difficulties, right? So if you're a very literal person, then doing interpreting and doing subtitle translation can be extremely hard because, especially if you're doing something like this, if you're doing manuals, it's completely not a problem, right? Like a lot of our contracts, it's not as big of a deal. But it, when you're working in this entertainment media kind of space where there's a lot of pop culture and pop culture references going on, then it's really hard sometimes for people who are who really only feel comfortable in that literal space, right? So I remember there was one time, and I think this was the MTV Music Video Awards, um, where Jay-Z was performing with Kanye. This is back in the day. So this is before Kanye was actually even an artist. He was really just more of a producer. Um, and they were they were performing the H to the Izzo song that was, you know, had just come out, was quite big. And I remember this, the woman who I would always have a hard time explaining to because she was very literal, right? And she came up to me, she's like, Lisa, how do I translate H to the Izzo? I'm like, uh, you can't really. I think you should just put it in English. She's like, no, I want to, what does it mean? I'm like, uh, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, and we went on and on and on. And she kept coming back to me, I think like three or four times. Like she's just, she was so frustrated. And I didn't really, I wasn't able to help her because I was like, no, I mean, you know, it's sometimes it's more of like a rhythm and kind of, you know, I mean, just to, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of a nightmare, but so every time she would come over, you know, she'd come over to where I was sitting. I was like, Oh boy, here we go again. Um, but you know, even in like accepted speeches, right? Like winners sometimes will reference someone or something that's going on right now. And it's not even necessarily in pop culture. Sometimes it's in politics or, social issues, whatever, right? So it's very different for the Japanese because they have their whole, their own thing. You know, there's sometimes where the two, you know, worlds, um, uh, pop culture world, worlds of Japan and the U.S. collide, but a lot of times, you know, they're very different. So um, 
So that was a really fun job for me. I really enjoyed doing that. So everyone would do their, you know, their segments and then and then we'd have someone who would put everything together and then they would show it that night. Now the reason we had two versions cuz people have asked me before. They're like, "Well, why why can't you just have like the simul, you know, simulcast or um but there are two different types of viewers, just like you see a lot of times with the sub and the dub, right? Where there's some people that want to watch the award ceremonies right away as it's happening because they want to know everything and they don't care if there's a, an interpreter there. Like they just want to be there. It's almost like they're there in the moment, right? But then there are others who don't want to have any Japanese interpreters there, they just want to hear purely the American or, you know, all the presenters, all the award winners, they just want to hear their voices, right? They don't want to hear any of the other interpreting that's going on. Um, So that's why we had two different versions, but that was a really cool and fun job that I did. Um, Another job that I did that was um, kind of crazy would be a voiceover job. And this is another story that I tell a lot to the people at conventions, but um, obviously as a voice actor, you know, you would get crazy scripts. I mean, just like, sometimes I would look at it and I'd be like, I have no idea what this says at all. Like, no, no, no idea. And there was this one time where I had to come in on the weekend for a commercial, right? And they wanted a guy voice and they wanted a girl voice. And then they were going to decide who they, they were going to use later on. So I was the woman voice. And so I came in and, you know, obviously because it's the weekend, it's kind of a skeleton crew. So it was like the director and the engineer. I think there were just two other people besides me. And I get there and I look at the script. I'm like, oh my gosh, it says 24 hose banking. Now, obviously (laughs) it's 24 hours banking, but it is spelled 24 hose banking, right? And I look at him like, oh no. Um, so I call over the director and I'm like, uh, I'm assuming that, you know, I mean, this is supposed to be 24 hours banking, right? Not 24 hose. This is wrong. And he looks at me, he's like, hmm, native check And he's like, which means I've had, we've had a native English speaker check the script. Okay. So now here's the thing I've had, when I've told this story, I've had people say to me, why didn't you just change it? Like, why do you need to tell them? Because in the Japanese culture, you cannot do anything on your own. You always have to get permission. And, you know, with me, I'm just being hired to do the voice. So I would have to get permission to change the script. And also, this happens all the time where you look at the script and you tell the director, the producer, the client, like, this is a little bit weird. I think we should change it. It's, it's awkward English or, you know, it doesn't sound, it doesn't make sense. And so many times the response you will get is, oh, but we've had a native English speaker check it. And you look at them like, 
what? No, you haven't. But you know, what can you say? Right? Like, I've tried, you know, being polite, but kind of trying to get my point across. And so many times it just doesn't work. So you're kind of, you know, you're hitting a brick wall. So I, you know, and you can talk to any other voice actor and they've probably had very, very similar experience, right? So that's what happened. So they're like, oh no, uh, native check, yarimashita. So, you know, we did the native check. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So I'm like, demo ne, but you know, I think we should really change it if possible. So he's like, oh, wakata, wakata. I'll go. Okay. So he like heads off. He's going to go, you know, call because of course the um, producer or the client are not there because it's a Saturday. So he has to make lots of calls. Meanwhile, the other voice actor comes in, the guy who I used to work with quite often. And he came in, you know, we hadn't seen each other a long time. I'm like, hey, hey how are you doing? You know, and uh, and he's like, oh, I'm so excited. This is going to end really quickly. I'm like, ah, maybe not. Take a look at the script. And he looks at it and he's the kind of person where when he's laughing, his whole body is laughing, like his shoulders, everything. He starts cracking up. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, no, but here's the thing. Um, I already told them that it's wrong and we might have to actually record as is because they told me they had native English speaker check, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So meanwhile, after about like 45 minutes or so, the director finally comes back and he's like, okay, Liso-san, here's what we will do. We will do Liso-san's version and we will do our, our version, right? So I'm like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. So I go into the studio and meanwhile, I can also see through my peripheral vision, uh, my friend who's going to be doing, you know, the male voice, I can see him laughing. Like he hasn't stopped laughing the whole time. He's like, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we go in there, 24 hose banking, 24 hose banking, 24 hose banking. And then I did my version and then, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, your turn, your turn. And then I walked away to this day. I do not know which one they used. And I mean, at the end of the day, who knows, maybe it wasn't even supposed to be a bank or a financial institution job. Maybe it was something completely different, but that was kind of one of those fun things. Now I want to end with um, a super fun English uh, email that I have from a friend. Okay. So I have a friend in Japan. I haven't been in touch with him in years and years and years, but I used to call him Yoda Toda. Now, the reason being is um, when I moved here to the States, he would every once in blue moon send me emails, but he'd want to send them in English. So he would write it in Japanese. And I think I've never asked him, so I don't know. But he would copy that, paste it onto Google Translate. And then whatever came up, he, you know, in English, he would use that as his email. And he would send me the most fabulous, fabulous emails. I would just sit there and read it 
like four or five times, just laughing so hard because it's just so wonderful. Um, so finally, I was talking to another friend of mine and we were saying, you know what, maybe the joke is on us. Like maybe he's actually sending us hidden messages and who knows, like, you know, maybe he's the, maybe he's actually this genius and, you know, these are, we just don't understand. So here is, cause I found one of his emails and I just got so excited. So I'm going to read this to you. And this is going to be my last part of my podcast. Hi, Liesl. Calling was a light of wonderful yesterday in life. Line, question mark, is also happy and Robbie. Anyway, it is happy when playing with Liesl. Work, question mark. The Kanzaki music is made. Then, do it become happier, question mark. It always calls if it avoids it by Hummer. Anyway. Thank you for happy time. See ya. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, Yoda Toda. I miss him. So, so, so wonderful. Okay, guys. So that's going to be it for me today for English, please. Now, of course, this is a topic that I have all kinds of stories. So we'll definitely be having a part two, part three. Who knows? (laughs) Um, And maybe I'll even get some guests to talk about English as well. But I just wanted to thank you once more for checking me out and for supporting me and um, listening to my podcast, Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. I really appreciate it. And I will be getting um, a lot more guests coming up in the future. So please look out for that. And we have a lot of exciting things coming out, you know, with the merchandise and whatnot. So anyway, thank you and live for lots of love and peace. And I will talk to you soon. Liesl signing off. Bye, everyone. Don't crap. Don't crap. Sleep, sleep.